This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, how you doing, Jason? I'm doing all right, John. Just getting over a cold. It's like oh. happy. Sorry to hear about that. Yeah, but you know, like back mostly back to normal. It's like glad to be talking about, about comics now and all. Cool. What do you have on tap for us tonight? All right. Well, tonight going back to that inexhaustible well that is Garth Ennis and and War Comics. Because while I've talked a lot about you know um, Ennis over the years, and I've also talked a lot about how much you know dude loves writing um, war comics because he grew up reading them. It's like in the uh, it's like it's like in the British comic scene. It's like and of his some of his favorite stuff was stuff published in the uh, in the dual title series um, Battle Action. Basically, like this the series like was originally like two like two comics that were. Like originally, like separate titles, there was Battle, which is war comics, and Action, which is just you know more modern day action thriller stuff. That you know eventually it's like you know, like thing things like Action was like you know facing like you know diminished sales in the face of public out, outcry, and Battle was apparently just you know going going through one of its periodic downturns, I I assume. But then someone at the uh, at at the publisher decided, hey, why not just put them together and see what happens. And well, the result was battle action. And according to, and if you're to take Ennis at his word, and I certainly am, it's like it resulted in a, a new high point for both both comics. As he as he describes it, we had like title titles like Hellman on the Russian Front, Crazy Keller, The General Dies at Dawn, HMS Nightshade, War Dog, Cooley's Gun, Death Squad, Fighting Man. It's like and then a little series called Charlie's War, which Ennis regards as one of the greatest. Not just the greatest war comic of all time, but probably the greatest comic um, period. Now, a couple of these might actually sound familiar to long longtime readers and listeners, such as HMS Nightshade, Fighting Man, and War Dog, because those were originally published out here as part of the um, Garth Ennis Presents Battle Classics um, two-volume hardcover se series. Kind of get the feeling that they were trying to go for more than just two volumes, but apparently the uh, market out here for like old-school um, like British war comics was, you know, kind of, kind of marginal at the time. It's like, even when you got put, um, Ennis's name at the top of things. Well, this year is a, uh, it's like, is an anniversary year for the, like for the, for the battle action title. And well, probably like someone at, um, at publisher rebellion decided to, um, ask Ennis if he'd like, if he'd be, um, you know, interested in, you know, like writing a, uh, like a tribute to a lot of the series that, um, he, it's like that were, that were published at like in it's like in battle action. I can only imagine his, his direction was boy would I because well one of the things that's marked Mark Ennis's career it's like in American comics is his um, noted contempt of American superhero comics. That's mainly because he grew up reading like a lot of the stuff that was published in battle action, and so when you like start start putting him putting the uh, like for the for the um moderate and conservative like you know american superhero stuff in the like in front of someone who was just like grown up like knowing nothing but war unrelenting war death and actions and sharks with hooks in their jaws it's like you know it's like in, like you don't grow up on that kind of stuff you know they're gonna be they, they look at this and go what really but it's it but on the battle action you know special it's like it's kind of interesting because it's basically this ennis you know like basically indulging in it's like it's like in what a lot of American superhero writers do. Like you know, they like American superhero writers love to write the stuff that they grew up on re reading, and you know, make their own mark on it. Um, for it, 
on British comic stuff, you know, it's like didn't really have that option, you know, outside of stuff, perennial stuff like say Judge Dredd. So for Ennis to like, you know, get the chance to actually like write some of this some of the favorite characters, well, like it's basically like, you know, this is like, you know, Ennis, you know, getting getting to play with the toy, toys of his youth. And, you know, fortunately it's like a lot of the stuff here, it's like is actually, you know, like entertaining entertaining enough on its own terms that it that it avoids the trap of just, you know, hey, it's like he of of me feeling like a general nostalgia exercise. Such as the uh, first but it's not a nostalgia exercise, but you can certainly see the like the fanboy or the like the the, the kid in Ennis going, Hey, you know, what if we had like, you know, like legendary um like legendary um in like um English um fighter pilot um John Johnny Redburn or aka Johnny Red fighting like the infamous screamer of the Stukas. And that's what we get in the very first first story. Like um Johnny Red versus Screamer of the Stukas. Well Johnny Red um was a uh, English like English fighter pilot who um was basically who was like quickly drummed out of the RAF due to a manslaughter charge. He eventually wound up part of a as part of a Russian um fighter um fighter pilot crew and um basically like led them to it's like led them into glory. It's like and against like impossible odds time after time. And that's and Red is Johnny Red is one of the is a, one of the seminal comics here. Screamer the Stukas apparently is like something of a uh like a cult favorite that Ennis, you know, latched onto because Screamer is just basically a really nasty um, fighter, um, um, fighter pilot for the, uh, like for the, for the Nazi side who just apparently like had like a memorable, memorable title that like ran for a few months, like in battle action. And this first, this first story basically is, um, basically has Ennis teaming with um, artist Keith Burns as, um, as Johnny gets a, uh, it's a challenge from his longtime nemesis Eric von Jurgen to um like have, have finally have it out um once and for once and for all it's like in a one-on-one duel. Now catch is though that um that Jurgen has also been press ganged by by Screamer into you know fly, flying flying as his escort for this for their latest mission, and so this is also basically this is basically just a distraction in order to get um like John Johnny's crew it's like you know occupied so that the like, Screamer can can get through his mission so so basically and while johnny doesn't know this he's not he's not an idiot so he's kind of realizes you know what's what's going on here and you know like over the course of the story it's like it's, it's like there's there's some decent decent twists it's like and and some great it's like it's a great aerial action courtesy of burns in fact you know it's like Ennison burns had previously teamed for an eight issue johnny johnny red a miniseries which i'll be talking about later but um, it's, but you know, it's like it. This is like a nice, it's like it's like a nice little short to like to like get show you the appeal of both like of both series. But also just you know, hey, it's like and this is playing with the toys here. It's like and you know, it's like and like there and there's enough twist to make it worthwhile. It's like for like an eight to twelve for a ten to twelve for a twelve page story, it's pretty it's pretty solid. And all the stories here are of similar similar length, such as um the Sarge, which um basically is of a about you know the title character, it's like a British sergeant, um, Jim Masters, who's basically just you know trying to keep his his team alive as they um fight from one end of World War II to the other. Um, this has this has some nice art from P.J. P. Holden, and it's basically just a uh, it's like a like a like a big action action scene as the uh, it's like as the sergeant's crew um come across a like a bunch bunch of German soldiers holed up in a 
hold up in a building and they've got to use each of their special skills in order to um get it's like in order to get um all it's like su survive the attack and like you know take out all the people who are coming coming their way it's a pretty it's a pretty solidly craft, crafted story that basically just has the it's like um has a has some nice amount of planning that i appreciate you know just you know, makes it makes it a solid act action story and it's inter it's entertaining even though it's like you know the lionization at the very very end does veer into um like hagiography hey, hey which you know it's like it's kind of like yeah okay i get the feeling that these guys are just you know grunts doing their best but you're kind of pushing it just a little too far anyway next one up is um crazy keller which is um one of the few stories to feature a uh, an american in the uh, title role it's like and basically as ennis tells us like this guy was basically an attempt to make um, Donald Sutherland's characters from MASH and um, Kelly's Heroes, it's like in, it's like, it's like into a, a comic book hero. Like he, um, Keller was basically a guy who just like had his finger in every, it's like, you know, black, black market operation it was like always trying to like, you know, turn, like, like turn a profit by just running any kind of like unsavory scam. And his um, part partner Ariel was just like there to like, you know, like, you know, offer like moral support and just like you know quiver in fear and basically didn't act kind of like the uh, world war ii equivalent of radar o'reilly so this the story has um like has has keller and it's like an ariel basically being um like finally like you know cornered by one of their you know like nefar like nefarious some um, colonels who's like fine fine got their number but hey you know it's like you'll be able to get you, i'll let you go if you can get this one, you know, German scientist, you know, out of, it's like, it's like, out, out, like out from under the um the Russian the Russian's thumbs, and this is basically like a kind of like a action action comedy story. It's like as as Keller gleef, gleefully, you know, like like d does this, and uh, Ariel just you know like acts, you know, it's like they're like, oh my god, what are we doing here? It's like up until the point where you know they start to wonder like, hey, why do they want? Why does like the colonel want this um, Russian scientist? And um, then they then they find out that oh, well you don't actually find out why they want him. All you know is that, like what he's done. It's been they want him for something like bad stuff. But at the same time though, it's like this is all going being done while there's like all sorts of like crazy action going on going on. Like first from them stealing the stealing the scientists from the Russians, then like driving their way through a town infested with. Um, like with them with german soldiers and the wehrmacht so it's it's like it's a pretty it's a pretty solid solid action comedy for for what it's worth and, it do, and as is the case with all the stories here it like doesn't drag on long enough to get to get old and it features some really solid art from chris burnham it's like who's all good with the detail and good with the ultraviolence as well definitely one of the um it's like one of the better stories here and also it's like something i kind of wish that you know that you know we had like a nice crazy color collection so i could read more about this because um while the uh, well there's some of the stories here it's like they are it's like they are um, published elsewhere it's like not all of them are so basically like some of these like this this battle actually one shot is probably gonna be like the only point where you get your uh in the case of some of these such as crazy keller or in the case of dredger um, Dredger, well, he's basically like, as Ennis puts it, you know, a man of his time, and the time was lucky to to have survived the man. He's just basically your your kind of like, like dirty Harry turned up turned up to eleven in the sense that you know he, he gets the job done, you know, for the uh, for the British government, but that job 
job done may involve lots of property damage and lots of um, people dead, usually very bad people. So it's you know, not really not really a big issue. But this this story um, with art, this is a nice art by John John Higgins. In fact, you know the art's always good. It's like like in these like in these stories. That's never going to be an issue here. But um, basically, it's like it's it starts off with these with a couple of like higher ups in Dredger's office trying to figure out you know oh he's Dredger's like too much trouble for us. We figure out what are we going to do do to get rid of him. Oh wait, you know like we're getting like a new like a, one of those new women you know who was coming over to see the office. Like this is 1980, so you know women running a uh, British an office of the British government. You know it's like that's this is like a new thing, and so they figure that hey you know it's like with um. We just have her like come face to face with you know Dredger's latest you know overly violent violent adventure. She'll faint. I can want him and like have him gone. Um, problem is that um, you know it's like they didn't count on story logic working against them here because well we all know that hey you know someone like Dredger like, like he's working he's he's doing he's doing the Lord's work here just you know I'm like taking out the bad guys in this case a rather a uh, Saudi busy, businessman of rather dubious, um, it's like moral integrity. It's like, and yeah, he's well, it's like he well, it's like smashing up a uh, like a guy in a wheelchair who's done some bad things in the past, throwing a eighty year old gang lord into a it's like in, into a fridge. It's like, and also just you know shooting up um, some dudes in the Savoy. Well, it's like you think, okay, well this is all bad, but you know it's like if he's gonna survive, then you know. Well, what kind of um, woman is the uh, it's like? Is this new person going to have to be in order to let him get away with it? Consider that, and even though like I could, I could just about see things coming. Like the ending, the ending was still like amusing, amusing enough that I like that I liked it. In fact, like I said, the it didn't it didn't go on long enough for me to go to get bored, get bored or annoyed with it. All right, next up is a uh, is another um, versus strip. This is um, Hellman of Hammer Force versus Glory Rider. Hellman is basically a uh, is one of the exemplars of the Good German um, um, series that you know this that um, that ran in battle because basically it's like you know they, they uh, in order to like you know foster like you know like like peace during wartime like they had to basically show that you know okay yeah sure a lot of Nazis were bad guys but you know there weren't all bad guys you know there were some guys who were just you know like just were were really disgusted about about Hitler, and even though there were some people, the majority of them were just you know like truly awful. Hellman was the uh, was one of the exemplars of this of this thing because he was basically a guy who just was looking to fight a clean war and was disgusted with a lot of the the stuff that that Hitler was doing. So he basically tried to you know try to avoid you know like doing doing really bad things. It's like as it's like as he fought for as he fought for the Nazis, that became like a much thornier um like task as this as the story run, went on as as Ennis assures us but this one like well Ennis actually has a nice um you know matchup in with in glory rider which is basically a story about a uh, conniving um it's like american it's like american um uh let's see it's like a conniving american colonel um named it's like uh let's see was it jeb rider who basically is like has a long history. His son has got a long history of wartime achievement, and he's looking to get his in World, World War II. And apparently, the strip basically just had him, you know, just like just like you know, just looking like he was just about to to, uh, to get his just desserts, only to like finally escape the jaws of defeat 
the very end, much to the consternation of his, like, like of his um, support, supporting officer, um, Sergeant Hiltz. Um, Hellman versus Glory Rider basically, uh, you know, pits the two together as, um, like, as a Jeb, <coughs> you know, go, um, does his, you know, does his thing as he just, like, you know, sees, like, sees Hel Hellman's crew, you know, like, just like, hey, it's like, you know, it's easy pickings. I'm going for him. And um, unfortunately, like, you know, Hellman is too smart for this. And so he knows how to, how to, um, how to back off and then, you know, take, you know, lure them in, into a trap as, as most of like Jeb's um, crew like are shot, shut up right, right then and there. Eventually it's like, you know, like the, the fight turns into a stalemate and Hellman winds up having to evacuate his tank along with, um, like along with Sar Sergeant Hiltz. And they, you know, share like a night, like a nice moment is it of commiseration is, you know, like then they get to know each other and realize that, you know, okay, this, this, this crowd isn't too bad. And, you know, this American guy, well, he could, he could use some pointers on how war is actually fought. It ends on like a, uh, on a suggested note about, you know, as Hellman tells him, yeah, you know, me, you want to consider just, you know, pow, pow, you're a superior officer and all. It's a nice notion, but it's not something that's ever, that we're ever going to see, like, you know, fulfilled upon. Still, it does make me kind of wonder, wonder more about you know what Hellman's adventures and his his adventures are probably the ones that have been received a proper collection on the on these shores and there's even an ad for it in the back of the book. All right, next up is one of the uh, more interesting um, stories in this volume and also one of the more tragic because it features art from the legendary um, Kevin O'Neill. Um, aside from like you know, you know, drawing Nemesis the Warlock and like in, in corrupting the brains of like so many British youth back in the uh, back in the 80s. He's also best known on these shores for working with Alan Moore and drawing um, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which you know, hey, that's enough to that's enough to assume legendary status in my book. Uh, for uh, for this story, however, Kids Rule OK is apparently like a one-off story um, in action that was most known for its um like uh infamous um carlos esquera um illustrated co cover that basically um had this this um ruffian this young teenager with a chain about to uh you know like bring it down on this um poor poor cop's um head because you know apparently like aggro is a way of life in kids rule okay as the uh as the cover tells us it's basically a uh like a it's like a uh, type, a uh, like a post post apocalyptic story where like you know the plague is killed off you know most people over twenty, and now the kids are just you know gonna do whatever they want you know it's like as they it's like as they rule the streets. Now the story is told in two parts. Basically, part of it is just you know a bunch of editors just you know lamenting over my God what have we actually written? This is like gonna this is gonna cost us our jobs because apparently in real life this is one of these stories that caused the downfall downfall of action and in fact um involved a uh a very respected um person in the bbc um like tearing up a copy of the of action in front of the its editor's face but as ennis tells us that you know this respected person on um, frank bow well apparently it's like later on he was um like like it's like he was um had a huge public downfall in whirlwind of, of hookers and coke um some 10 years later so Funny how that works, but that's that's the uh, that's the uh, people the editors like you know 
um, lamenting over what they've created is half the story. The other half is showing us, you know, just what this kid was doing. You know, the kid who was like, you know, put bring down this chain on the cop, um, and what you know, what you know, just what he was, um, like what he was going through his mind. And well, it turns out that you know, it's like he was just you know doing it for for kicks because hey, you know, it's like it's like it's the apocalypse. You know, this is what we're gonna do. And then, um, then his friends probably inform him, hey, you know, uh, yeah, you did kill a cop, but you know, it's like we're not actually sure if there's like the apocalypse and all. I mean, like, yeah, we uh, sure there there may be this plague going on, but no, we just you know, you know, set um set up set this bus on fire, and there wasn't anybody inside, and you know, we haven't actually seen anyone dead of the plague, so so our protagonist realizes that oh my god, I've actually killed the cop, and it's not actually the apocalypse, like. So basically, it's just you know, taking the uh, taking the uh, setup of the of the uh, of the story and just interrogating it for the like, hey, wait, what's actually going on here? So it's so it's pretty funny, and you can tell that ha- that um, that O'Neill is having a lot of a lot of fun just you know drawing all these over the top characters, and I love the bit at the end when you realize that you know when the cops suddenly get their hands on our protagonist, you know, they come to their own conclusions about hey, you know what? It is the apocalypse. We can do whatever we want, which you know it's kind of like as cops will do and all. So, and then the the uh, volume closes out with a return to the world of Johnny Red, but also you know Ennis you know giving us you know a first for the uh, like for the for the series because one of the uh, key supporting characters from Johnny Red was um, Nina Petrova, um, it's like a like a Russian a female Russian fighter pilot or a, like one. Of the, one of the night witches it's like that used that almost infants are flying flying uh like night night missions in like over the sky skies of russia it's like and this is basically the first time that she's been given like you know her like like starring role in her strip and so basically it just shows us just you know what go like a standard mission like for for her and her crew it's like as they as they go into go and try to take out the uh, ba- the base that um that Von Jurgen and Screamer it's like are currently just, you know, like like yelling at each other or having a polite debate about, you know, what actually went wrong in the mission at the start of the start of the volume. As is the case, you know, it's like, well, you kind of hope that things are gonna go well. Um, things rare things rarely do, and there's a lot of there's a lot of tragedy here. And, you know, it's like then the real heroes are unfortunately um not not given not given the due that they're like they're entitled to but um nina it's like you know she's able to re- find a way to ration- rationalize thing things in the end and 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 keep going which is ad- admirable in itself it's like it's like it's nice it's like and it's like and it's again like, it's a nice cool way to end and the uh like in the volume which is you know a bit on the slight side at 96 pages in fact that's probably the only real issue i can say i can have with this because this is definitely one of the better things i've read for from Ennis, who's if you've been reading reading my reviews of his comics, like like he's not the um, like dependable. Everything he reads is worth automatically worth buying. You know, writer like I that, that I grew up reading, but he can still like you know put out stuff that you know like I I feel confident in recommending. This one though, well, problem is that you know it's twenty five pages, twenty sorry twenty five bucks for 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 just under a hundred pages, and while everything here is is like a is like it's good you know it still feels kind of slight for for what it is especially when you consider that you can also pick up 
um, his Johnny Red miniseries with Keith Burns for uh, for 20 bucks. Um, this is an eight eight issue collect collection, and it does a good job of like you know telling. I'm showing you the appeal appeal of the character as he you know has to like has to deal with the, uh, the machinations of the uh, like of like of Russian like of the of the Russian command. It's like while also helping working to keep his um, crew crew alive, especially in the, this case where this is a, a very special mission where like his where this this team is basically managed to find a way to succeed succeed themselves to death as um a couple of members of the uh, nkvd you know basically said yo we've got a mission for you and since you guys are the best you're com- we want you to do it but we don't want um this englishman coming along so johnny so johnny's le- johnny and nina left left back at the base to try and figure out what's what's really going on and uh when they do well it's going to take them you know it's like not just into the uh it's like it's like in, in a conflict with um, good old Von Jurgen, but also you know with um, it's like with the conflict with the NKVD itself, and maybe a certain very thin must, mustachioed um, like um, German Führer as well, because even though like you know the series like seems like it's you know it might seem like it's reaching at times like oh my god this is like trying to be a very important very epic um, series, well there's actually some like pretty solid um, surprises as well. And even though it's like I can't, I can't really say that the uh, like the what if um, like scenario and its posits um, for the main plot of the stories like actually happened, it sure sounds unplausible based on based on what I've heard about Stalin over the over the years. And also, it benefits from from and from from Burns's like um, grit, um like gritty and de- detailed style. And he's and even though sometimes his like his like his dogfights can be hard, can be a bit hard to follow. It's still impressive to see, you know, the detail with which he renders everything. So, even if you're like, if you know, if you're kind of, if um, if my description of battle action has has you somewhat on the fence, uh, I can assure you that you know that um, Johnny Red the Hurricane is definitely a game. It's a better value for your money, and you know, it's like it maybe, and if it, if you, it may even like you know make you interested in like checking out like some more of the stories here in battle action. Also, as a side note, Ennis um, also did a uh, wrote another character as a distaff relation to the series called um, Battler Britain. Like he's basically like you know this year <coughs> stal- stalwart you know um, like British British fighter ace, and he's and this time in this story published um, published by Wildstorm way back in the in the aughts. Um, he's it's like he's he's basically um. I finds himself, you know, having to work with the uh, with the Yanks in order to, like, you know, create a uh, like a credible fight, fighting force as they like as they face down face down the the Germans in Africa. It's like it's, it's like I said, it um, Britain um, only ran like briefly as in reprints during it's like in in battle, but you know, in terms of like you know characters that you know Ennis like Ennis Ennis wrote for for British war comics, it's still. It's like a worthy companion piece. <laughs> so overall, it's like I think that um, battle action, you know, even though I enjoyed it, it's, it's certainly one for the uh, completists uh, more than the. Uh... <coughs> Sorry about that. It's like it's more for the completists than the like you know casual comics fan. But speaking as as an NS completist, a, a, a confessed NS completist, I will say this is definitely one of the better. Like um, better things from this, like 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 from the 
um, from, the, from the kind of tiles I classify that, and it's really only held back by its by its price tag and, and page count. So overall, it's pretty solid. And you know, in terms of like you know, like NS War Comics, you know, it still proves that you know that's this is kind of the genre that he's you know most comfortable with. Can still deliver the, like most consistent results when it comes to entertaining reading. Sounds good. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't think there's a lot else I can say on top of that one. So, what do you have for us next time? All right. Well, let's see. Uh, Tom Tom Taylor and um, Danielle DiNucolo are um, wrapping up their 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 creator owned series at Boom um, Seven Secrets with with volume number three. So. Right, so unless um, there's some surprise there, like all of my thoughts on that um, next time we meet. All right. And we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right. Laters.